We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, free agents coming back again. Some new players come to KC to win. Veach is looking for defensive leaders again. I can feel it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to 21 Questions, KCSN's Q&A show. We wrap up every week this way. Not necessarily exactly that way every week, but my name is Craig Stout. Joining me is the only other person in the KCSN host library that probably knows that song, knows what song I'm parodying there because we, we both grew up in that area. BJ, my friend, how are you doing today? I'm doing so much better now. It's It's been a crazy day. There's been a lot of things going on personally, professionally, all that we were talking about before, but mm-hmm. man, that was, that's always good to hear your voice and see your face. Oh, oh my goodness. I, you know, and now that this thing is on YouTube all the time, I, I really appreciate that we're doing that. That way, you know, everybody can, <laughs> can see. I've committed to the bits and I have to keep going here. It's a uh, thing now. Those, it's a thing now. For those of you tuning into 21 questions for the first time, this is something that we do for uh, for everybody now, but we get questions from the KCSN subscribers. If you want to ask us a question, you need to go to the KCSN Substack, or even better, go to gum.co slash KCSN2022, sign up, buy the KCSN Draft Guide, and get six months of kcsn coverage from the substack you get access to the discord you can ask us questions there that's where we're getting all these from so we're answering all of those you get all kinds of content from you know us we've explained it before but you want to subscribe going into the draft going into free agency we're going to have we're going to be the spot for you you want to do that plus you get to ask all these questions of us i am throwing these to bj for the first time here so BJ, this is how I like to do it. This is yeah. how I like to do it. I don't know what's like, coming. I, this is how I like to do it. But in, in regards to the draft to date us a little bit is the only oh, reference yeah. I could think of in terms of draft content. The analogy, we're turning this one up to 11. Like That's true. This one goes to 11. This one goes to 11. But it's, it, why don't you just make 10 one louder? But it goes to 11. <laughs> God, I love that movie. That, that's top five movie for me ever. Of course. Yeah, right. let's get let's All get right. to whatever these questions are. <laughs> All right, here we go. We got so many questions about 
a specific part of free agency since Russell Wilson signed with the Denver Broncos this week. Mm -hmm. So will Yoder be a cyclone Casey from Casey, just DRK and Jay Witt Casey all ask a very similar question here. Basically their general question is with so many questions or so many quarterbacks now in the AFC that can throw well outside the hashes. Is it time for the chiefs to finally start investing in cornerback BJ it, does Brett Veach start pulling the trigger on cornerback this year, early in the draft, free agency? I think it's a more loaded question. I mean, everybody to be like, here goes BJ again. But I think it's a more loaded question. You know, I don't think if they go out and sign a big name cornerback, is it because of the the Russell Wilson move? I don't think so. I think it's the way that the roster was set up, the way the contracts are set up, the way guys become available, uh, and all of that. But there's obviously change in the defensive backfield, and you start hearing some of those. Um, those reports, are you seeing those reports on Twitter, which you have no idea where they're coming from, but saying that Charvarius Ward is going to be in high demand. He could be getting a top dollar contract. You have to ask yourself, would you rather give Charvarius Ward X or give another player? And it's, grass is always greener. We know that. But a little bit more who is seen on the outside as a more prominent, a J.C. Jackson, a more top of the line, top of the, the market cornerback. And so uh, – I wouldn't be surprised to see Brett Veach spend money anywhere. And if it's at a premium position like corner, uh, it makes all sense in the world on that side of the ball. That it's an area you have to spend money, you have to put resources, unless you just get lucky and you feel like you can get by uh, with the guys that you have. And that's again, goes back to roster composition. So yeah. I expect them to spend a little money or at least try to spend a little money in that spot uh, this offseason, though, for sure. I mean, there, we're, that's probably going to be if the Chiefs do make a big move or make a significant investment. That's what we're going to hear every announcer say from <laughs> all season long. It's like, oh, the Chiefs took a look at the AFC and went, we got to upgrade our cornerbacks. You know, never mind the fact that if Charvarius Ward walks, they have Legarius Need and Rashad Fenton. And now DeAndre Baker, because he they're they're apparently planning to ERFA tender him, but like that's not exactly a stacked cornerback room. So uh, whether or not it's directly because of Russell Wilson, we'll see, but yeah, it's, it's the kind of depth you get excited about when you have three or four guys that you can count on to go out there and play guys like Deandre Baker, that young player with talent. That's a guy you want in the back end of that room, pushing for a spot to play or earning that right. When his time does come and he gets to step out there and play to do it. Uh, Has he done enough to earn that spot in the off season to, put him in, you know, red or slide him in red or whatever color they use on their board uh, for guys that are locked in. I don't think so. Not yet. Um, but it's an intriguing player you want to bring up. Same with Josh Gordon, you know, an older player, but like in the same kind of boat where is that a guy that you're going to count on right now as an offseason building a roster? No, but he's a guy you're excited that's here to do something, but I'm going to slide him in for 500 yards. Like, no, you still got to go out there and get some guys. Yeah, for sure. You're you're excited about those guys as CB or wide receiver like four and five. Like you're really excited about those dudes. Those are yeah. those are great lottery tickets at CB four or five. But unfortunately, as it stands right now, those guys are kind of a little higher on the depth chart until <laughs> uh, until Brett gets done with this. Bruce in the fort asks, is Kando going to amount to anything? We drafted him for a reason. Compare him to edges in this draft. Where he'd be, Where would he be drafted this year compared to last? Josh Kando was always going to be a flyer. I mean, I, I think before the season started, right after the draft, I think I even said that, you know, listen, this dude is, I, I would not be surprised for this guy to get a redshirt year. 
He is a toolsy guy, former five-star guy, went to Florida State, didn't get the best coaching there, then comes to Kansas City and finally you know, gets a chance to bulk up a little bit, be in an NFL conditioning program, be in an NFL film room, all of the things that you know we say about rookies and how they go, it's him times a thousand. So I don't know what we're going to see from Josh Kando this year. I don't know if we're going to see a big impact from him this year. I love the traits. I love the athleticism. Yep. I love the bend. I love all that stuff. It's a great swing to take, but it's not one of those. I, I think we just have to kind of see him on the field and training camp before I think we put any sort of expectation on what his growth is right now i have zero expectation for a rookie pass rusher ever we're never going to be drafting high enough to get a guy that you're going to feel confident is going to step in and play right away if you're being realistic look at the history of rookie pass rushers how many have made a huge impact uh outside of the chase young the nick bosa the Khalil, Khalil Max now in the division. Like, think about the defensive linemen who make an immediate impact. They're top 10 picks. There may be an outlier here or there, but it takes them a few years to, to learn this game at this level. These offensive linemen, these tackles are much better than the guys they've ever faced. Um, so, even a toolsy guy that's got to work on it. But, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's, you got to spend money on pass rushers. You do. That's what, listen, Brett says you got to invest in the trenches. He's not wrong. Those two positions, offensive line, defensive line, do not develop quickly unless you're picking at the very tip top of the draft. I might be risking talking about a question that we have coming up later. And if that, that happens, we can re revisit this conversation. But this is where I get really intrigued about guys like Trey Flowers. And I don't know what he did on the field, but a guy that went out, got a lot of money, he's going to get a two-year deal maybe somewhere and I could be, I could be completely off here, but those are the kinds of guys where it's like, you've proven that you can go out and play in the past. You don't have to give up assets at this point to go out and get, if you have to give them a little bit money, at least you give just a little bit of money and you don't also have to give a pick. Like that's Mm -hmm. like the, the double whammy and you just can't do that consistently um, where the chiefs are at right now. So that's, I mean, but I, I would be very interested in seeing Trey Flowers and Zadarius Smith on the edges for Kansas City this year. And I'm not just saying as like swings. the marquee guy, just no. as a guy that he's a big name, like a not super yeah. old, but yeah. yeah, that or like a Chandler Jones plus yeah. a Zadarius Smith. Like that's where things start to change uh, mm-hmm. for me. But you, I just don't see that happening in the draft. I'd be shocked I'm- right now if it wasn't a wide receiver at 30. <laughs> based on they're going to give yep. big money to at least one rest. It was Juju, Allen Robinson. Like I know the wide receiver market's changing. You guys talked about it on the lab. Uh, but at some point, they're going to pay a receiver. They got to get a young guy because that young guy will be coming up on his contract. Same time that Tyree Kill is 34 at the end of whatever contract he's about to sign. Uh, you need a young receiver in that room. Uh, you can kind of count on. So Plus give Mahomes all the weapons in the world. Just all of them. Just, he's just not going to want for weapons ever again <laughs> ever <laughs> ever yeah. yeah mike mike denny says theoretically we can lose anthony hitchens tyron matthew and frank clark who would you want to be the leader of the defense could be free agent someone returning or a draft pick who's your guy bj who who would you place your hopes on right now oh man that's tough because i haven't been around like a couple of guys i my takes and about this with hitch and all those guys uh-huh. were because i was around them and i saw the dynamic change of what the defensive leadership looked like before and then what it was with those three guys when they came in because those three guys are completely different types of people and they are not interchangeable uh, anthony hitchens was a leader in a certain way in the same way that tyron was a leader in a certain way 
And whether anyone wants to admit it or not, same way that Frank was a leader in that room in a very certain way that I've talked about ad nauseum uh, about what he played through uh, injury wise throughout his entire time in Kansas City. Uh, and there was a time in which that was seen as a good thing um, for players to do, regardless of whether or not his body gave up on him uh, at the time that he got paid. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't know if that dude is in there. I've not been around Willie Gay, but he would be Nick Bolton, like those guys. I don't know their personalities. Um, but like, and this isn't a knock on Chris Jones. He's just, Chris isn't the way that Tyron and Frank are. Uh, inside the locker room so he would be a guy just from pure talent and just all pros and all of that that you would expect to have a voice in that room and he does um, but as far as getting everyone at every level the way that Tyron uh, and the way that Hitch did kind of lining everybody up as being the responsibility that he handled very well which is why you called him a leader um, I don't know if that guy's here yet and I think that's the most important thing we talked about on outside the trenches multiple times and that I'm more concerned not concerned I'm more intrigued by the personalities that they are targeting in free agency, because you, whatever you bring into the room is going to change the dynamic of that room. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's going to be so important throughout the heart of Patrick Mahomes prime that the other side of the ball is all on the same page. We saw that over the last three years, obviously going to three straight AFC title games, it worked in a leadership form that that yeah. group stayed together. Um, and I think in large part, it was as successful as it was because of the personalities and the way they came together. So yeah, I I think it's coming from outside the building. I don't. I I think it will be Nick Bolton at that second level eventually. Yeah. I think he I think his makeup is is that, but I don't know if it'll be that in year two yet. We'll we'll see though. We'll see. Maybe yeah. he's ready to take that step. So and that's a huge. That's a being and it's easy for people on the outside to be like, oh, he made a bunch of plays and look at all his stats. Mm -hmm. That's a completely different scenario to step in and tell grown men five years older than you, like what to do for Nick Bolton to check Chris Jones. It's easy for up on the outside. Like, oh, he makes plays. I'm like, it's a lot different when you're in that room and talked about that before too. I'm never forget Travis Kelsey telling me a conversation he had with Tony Gonzalez. And he said, don't wait until it's too late when you realize you have a voice in that room. Tony said he was like three years late in realizing he could have checked people because of the position that he had. And that was still a few years into his career. Uh, but I'll never forget that. And that it's a good, it's a good question for this offseason because that makeup yeah. of that defense and the leadership kind of triangle uh, on that side of the ball is, is going to be determined by whoever they bring in. See, see, Nick Bolton's going to turn around and he's going to check Vaughn Miller immediately when Vaughn comes in the door. <laughs> That's exactly what, what BJ's saying there. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. like it. I like I it. I like it. <laughs> B. Hudson asks, or says, Willie Gay seems to be a spark plug when he sees a field coming into his third year. What do you feel like the coaching staff needs to see from him to take over the dimebacker role? slash see more reps in general i mean I, that's the million dollar question involving willie gay right now like you want to see him feel comfortable enough to where they trust him with the green dot and right now mm -hmm. they have not done that last year you got to see nick bolton had the green dot at times anthony hitchens had it largely and ben neiman was your dime green dot those were the guys that kept everybody on the same page, made adjustments, were able to kind of get everything together. I think that's the thing that people forget about Neiman, regardless of what you feel about his on-field stuff. The audibles, 
the shifts, especially when you're in the dime and the offense is going tempo and they're trying to go quick and catch you off guard. All these blitzes that you see that were effective. I know everybody's mind is immediately jumping to the Bengals game right now. Please forget that one. <laughs> like, But all these blitzes that you see that were effective in the middle of a drive when the offense is going to hurry up, that's been. That's been seeing an opportunity there, working with Tyron, working with the front, working with Frank in the front, making sure that everybody's on the same page and calling something like that on the fly. Spags trusted that guy to do that. As it stands right now, he hasn't given that trust to Willie. That's not to say that Willie can't earn that this offseason, can't go ahead and do that. We're all crazy excited to see him because he is an impact splash player, but that's really what it is. He's got to prove to Spags, to Brendan Daly now, his linebackers coach, these guys, he's got to make sure that they all know that he's perfectly capable of doing that sort of thing and shouldering that load and being right. Because if he's wrong, woof, yeah. that, that's when it goes bad. And if if Will, if Nick Bolton has already been preparing for that, and you know the one thing that Nick Bolton, Ben Neiman, Anthony Hitchens all have in common that are different than Willie Gay is Willie Gay is more athletic. And all of those guys, and he doesn't have to think as much. And this is one of those things, and I talked about it more with the DB side, is that the DBs that are the most athletic, they want running around not thinking, just go react and go play. That's Willie Gay. Like, I don't even know if I'd want Willie Gay to be the green dot if it was going to get him thinking a lot and not just reacting. Oh, yeah. And so if that's Nick Bolton's deal, I don't want Willie Gay to have that green dot if he doesn't feel comfortable. And some guys just wouldn't feel comfortable um, with that. I don't know if that's the case, but I – I'd rather have that guy flying around, and he is a spark plug. I, I smiled when somebody said that because coming out of the draft, the one thing I said is you watch him on tape, and you can tell the guy loved football mm-hmm. by the way he's celebrating that. I mean uh, – Something I think- that Therese Paler used to say it all the time when we'd watch film, and it stood with me of when you're watching tapes of guys through the NFL draft. I think about it every time I'm watching tape right now. He goes, watch how a player celebrates after a big play and watch and see how many of his teammates and how many of them come up and celebrate with him. He goes, it's not foolproof, but damn, if you don't find the guys who really, really love football and you can tell their teammates love them uh, and the way they celebrate. And sometimes it kind of sticks out when you see other guys on the same team, not quite the same love, but I mean, especially really for a guy that, who really gays that dude who uh, punched his quarterback in the jaw. And yet his teammates were still all about him. So, I mean, that, that, that tells you, Sometimes the guys get got to get punched in the jaw. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Mike Denny, who are we more likely to get a compensatory pick from Traverius Ward or Tyron Matthew? Boy, this is going to be tough. Um, I, I, I mean, I think hmm. that they're both going to, they're definitely both going to count against the formula, but I think he's asking more for who's going to get the higher one here. I think Traverius Ward is going to get paid like a lot yeah. of money. Like, I think it might be like, 14 15 million dollars a year and i don't know if tyron's gonna get that i think he should but i don't Is know it gonna if be here's here's a question craig i'm sorry okay. to cut you off no you're this fine. is gonna be one of those what was the reported number and what's the actual contract yeah like because tyron it could be like this huge number this huge with a bunch of end of the year deals that are never going to hit like it's the guaranteed money and now you get voidable years and all of that so the structure is really going to matter but all we ever see promoted are the agents and the big numbers and the stuff that they never end up hitting mm-hmm. uh but that is a good one of who's going to get more this offseason because I, I could still see somebody giving tyron money i could see tyron getting money I, I can also see san francisco giving Charvarius ward 
a lot of my, I said it on the podcast as well, but he's a long oh, yeah. press corner yeah. and they get after the passer really well. Like he doesn't have to cover for long. He can just play physical underneath. I, I think yeah. he's good. I think San Francisco is going to throw, throw the bag at him. Good for him. Good for him. Oh, no kidding, man. I yeah, love it. Absolutely. Like I know that some Chiefs fans get upset and players leave and the tyrant stuff. Like go get paid. Go like, get paid. They gave everything yeah. they had when they were here. Absolutely. Give you more money. Go get, hey, go get hey, your money. You got a ring, man. Like yeah. that's, that's what matters. Yeah. Guy did everything he was supposed to do here and did yep. it with class. Yep. And he tweets what he feels. And I wish more players would actually do that. That's my take. <laughs> yeah. All right. Nick deal. How would you replace Tyron Matthew? Assuming he, <laughs> you know, leaving Kansas city here. How would you replace Tyron Matthew? If you were Brett Veach, would you spend a high first round draft pick? Because, Likely, a lot of the good safeties that are going to start are not going to make it to the end of second round. A free agent pickup like Marcus May, Quandre Diggs, Marcus Williams. Or do you think that they've got some players in-house? He even suggested maybe Legereus Sneed moving back to safety. He played there in college. Honestly, I, I would not move Legereus Sneed back to safety, just personally, because I think he's one of your blue-chip guys on the outside. And I think it's very hard to find cornerbacks. Now, that safety is super you, easy. You're not yeah. going to replace Tyron, but it's harder if to you, find good cornerbacks. Yeah. You don't, you created another problem. Right. <laughs> like you didn't <laughs> fix a problem. You just created another one. And now you have one guy playing a position and played in a while or yeah. practice that. So, yeah, I don't like that. But it goes to like, are you fixing Tyron with one player? Or are you fixing Tyron in the aggregate <laughs> with everything yeah. that he did and all the different spots that he played? Because he was extremely versatile in the way that they mm-hmm. used him mm-hmm. and the freelancing and the, the ability that he had to go around and make plays. You don't just hand that kind of responsibility to a rookie and expect them to know all the safety responsibilities, all the linebacker responsibilities, <laughs> the corner responsibilities. I mean, or reading every just- route distribution in the book and adjusting the secondary on the fly and being it like, yeah 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 so there's a lot more that he did that wasn't yeah there's a lot more value that was brought that wasn't discussed and that happens all the time with football but with him particular and you're trying to replace him with a first round pick uh not that there aren't guys and you and obviously the lab are the the other lab guys maddie and kent been studying all these guys a ton going into the draft they would have an idea on how guys are used uh but it's that and we talked about the other day it's how guys are wired um Mm -hmm. And are they all in? Do they like being good at football or do they love football? Yeah. Uh, figuring those things out. Tyron would play football if he didn't get paid for it. Right. That's just right. how he is. And, and yeah. Coach Reed would be his coach. <laughs> it would be – I'd go first round draft pick. I just think that that's the sweet spot this year. Just, yeah. I, I think I the rest receiver. of the positions. Yeah. I know you want receiver. I think I, think I can catch th- – a similar quality receiver because I think all the great ones are going to be gone by then. Okay. I just think that there, there's going to be a run. And so I think that safety market, that's where the sweet spot's going to be. And then spin around draft a receiver because I think you could still play in that next tier down at yeah. the next pick. Do you know but, what I just saw in my head is we take a, a safety at 30 and that poor SOB is going to get <laughs> called as the tyrant replacement and some oh, no. and a bunch of fans are going to be like, we don't need at tyrant just because they're going to be mad because he's tweeting about his new team or wherever he goes. And then that poor kid is going to get put in the crosshairs of tyrant. It's putting unrealistic 
expectations yeah. on somebody. It's, but it's too bad it's not there's not an LSU safety that the Chiefs could draft because then Tyron would just be like, listen, yeah. go easy on my on how my far guy. can Stingley fall? <laughs> how far can Stingley fall? Uh, not yeah. nearly far enough. Not that far. All right. But I'll tell you what, if Stingley clears 15, I'm trading every asset in my draft class to go get him. So how about how about we do that? There, there's there's my solution. You lose Tyron, who cares? You just drafted one of the best corners that you can get in the draft. Steven Yinger. Uh, Melvin Ingram had sub 32 and a half inch arms. Given his production for KC last year, could this change the typical arm length number for a typical Spags type edge? Spagnolo does not like edge defenders that have under 33 inch arms the same way that Andy Reid doesn't like tackles that have under 34 inch arms it is a very it's a very hard line for them with guys coming out in the draft now they will break it on occasion Mike Dana is one of those guys he's absolutely one of those guys but the problem is if you are a good veteran like Mitchell Schwartz or Melvin Ingram they will look at the body of work and change. Right. So, I, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, VJ. Yeah. I mean, no. So gonna, I was going to oh, say, yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Is like coming out of the draft, you have your checkpoints. You'd be like, that guy right. doesn't hit it. Guy doesn't hit your checkpoints, but has been really successful in the NFL. I was like, all right, like there's yeah. an exception, and we yeah. have we'll him proved it over work. here, and yeah. then we'll bring him in, and he'll make a huge di- difference for our defense. So, yeah. yeah, I just don't think that they're gonna. They're not going to break it. If they have everything that they can, they're going to take the guy that has all of the measurements that they want and all of the things yep. that they want, and then they're going to like try and you know make make these guys shoehorn into that. So unless it's like a day three guy like Mike Dana that they yep. obviously liked because of his versatility. So all they're doing is setting a board of hierarchy of who they like compared to right. everything else and they get to the draft they aren't making decisions they're just literally going down their board right yeah but spags isn't going to look at a 230 pound short arm edge defender that's got lots of burst and go yeah that's my guy because it, they, the way that they use him it just doesn't make sense so yeah. positive a toasty which non-combine participating players are you most looking forward to see at pro days he says i would like to see josh job personally from Alabama. I want to see if Andrew Booth Jr. Clemson corner goes ahead and is able to test. He got hurt this spring, had a quad injury. He is one of the top corners in this draft. And I think the buzz is a little bit too little around him right now. And so I kind of want to see how he looks. You know, I'm, I'm just curious because he's a guy that if he doesn't test particularly well, I think he might fall to the Chiefs, and I would take him in a heartbeat because he's a really good corner. But, you know, I, who knows? If he doesn't test, I think people are just going to kind of project him. He's going to go way earlier than Kansas City. But a guy that might be around at 30, looking for his testing and maybe a different reason, just trying to get him to fall down the, fall down the tier a little bit there. All right, Robbie. Would you be interested in Calais Campbell on a team-friendly deal? He's 36, but with his size, strength, experience, attitude, and leadership, especially after losing Clark and Hitch, seems like he'd be a good piece for the right price. BJ, how do you feel about that move? I absolutely love that move. I've, I spent some time <laughs> around Calais Campbell. He, he was like the defensive player of the year, like two different years uh, in the one-on-one awards. And so he came oh, yeah. to Kansas City, and he was always gracious enough. And they, I think they gave him the awards because he came. Uh, he came to the event like in person they'd want people to come instead of like sending a yeah. video uh, and he came every year and he got a chance to talk to him and he's the largest human being 
um, I think I've ever <laughs> stood next to. Uh, but he's got a big personality. He was great. I think from what I had gathered and the fact that he was there made me feel like him and Coach Reed got along really, really well. So I hadn't heard that one as a name yet uh, and wouldn't be the player that he was like seven years ago that that wouldn't stop Chiefs fans from going nuts if they signed that dude. Oh, sure. Uh, but his personality is awesome. If you've ever seen interviews with him, he's got a big, fun personality. So uh, that would be awesome. Him and Chris together. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do we need they, need this. Like a, they need their own show. Like they, they, Rob Alberino, if you listen to this podcast, if you guys <laughs> sign Clayus Campbell, Brett, give him his own show. <laughs> lean, in, lean into the personality. Uh, that would be awesome. All right, Zach Eisen. It's that'd be so good. That'd be so good. <laughs> I love it. you're already marketing in your head. I can see the wheels turning in back. Oh, it's nothing to do with us. That's all to do with them. I just want to see it. I know because that'd I know. be great. Uh, Zach Eisen says it seems like the Chiefs have lacked pass rush production, slacks, QB hits, etc. Because Spags values guys who are great against the run. Why does he value edges who defend the run over athletic pass rushers who may not be as stout against the run, but are better at getting to the quarterback? Will we see this philosophy change? Okay, first things first. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start with this. When they traded for Frank Clark, he was like the next tier down from those elite, elite pass rushers like in Seattle. So I mean, I think they felt like they were getting that guy, and so that's why they went out. And they made the move to try and go get that guy. And they also had Chris Jones there, another elite pass rusher. So I think they felt like, hey, our front four is going to be great against the pass, yeah. even though he's also good against the run. But generally, generally speaking, looking for these guys that are more power rushers, things like that, it's because Spagnolo wants to play a lot more too high structure. We are starting to see a lot of this from the Vic Fangio tree, for, uh, you know, Brendan Staley, things like this, where you've got two deep safeties. And if you got two deep safeties to try and take away all the vertical stuff and force everything underneath, you leave less guys in the box. That means your front four have to win more readily. That's why the Tampa Bay Bucks are so good against the run. It's because their edge defenders are really good against the run. And, oh, yeah, they've also got Vitavea, who's just a monster on the interior. Chiefs don't have that bit of a two stud linebackers and two stud linebackers. That helps too. Yeah. That definitely helps too, but you're putting less guys in the box. So you want those guys to be even better against the run than typical. Whereas before, you know, maybe you can play a little more single high. If you trust your corners on an Island a little bit more, you're rotating that safety into the box. It's okay. If your defensive end gets washed out occasionally because you've got this, you know, the safety screaming off the edge that's there to hit those guys. A la Seattle, you can live with a little lighter guys on the outside. So that's kind of the, the general thinking with having a front forward. That's maybe a little bit more set up to defend the run because you're going to have less guys committed to the box. That means everybody's got to win. Everybody's got to win their one-on-ones. Everybody's got to do stuff. If you want to stop the run now, they haven't been particularly good against the run. That is a detriment when you are spending <laughs> assets that are supposedly good against the run. And then you're not good against the run like that. That is a problem. I'm not, not going to say that that's not a problem, but that's the overall line of thinking behind having more powerful, strong defensive ends that maybe don't have as much bend or juice off the edge. So anyway, I just hear a lot of Frank Clark in that, and that I feel like it was more narrative based. And I'm glad you brought that up that they thought he was going to be um, oh, more of a pass rusher than he was here. And then he couldn't use the right side of his body for an entire year uh, or do anything with power. 
Um, but he could still play the run, which led to everybody saying like, Hey, he's good against the run, which turned in this narrative. Like, well, he's good against the run, but can't rush the passer like physical thing. But, but yeah. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Anyway, just DRK. <laughs> Does the Rams winning it all this year give more validation to each in the front office about trading first round picks? BJ, you know the man. You've been around when he's traded some first round picks. How do you feel about that entire kind of line of thinking that, you know, you're just going to trade them? Yeah, it's, use them, it's great use when them it works. Out. And if it doesn't, then everybody says that was the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> it's like <laughs> play calling. Like it's great when it works. And if it doesn't, it's bad. Yeah. Um, I don't think like long term, I think you put a lot more pressure on yourselves to be right with a lot of moves when you're giving up assets like picks and you're throwing a bunch of money at places. Uh, but we've never really seen anybody do it so consistently long term where it's just like you never worry about first round picks because you never have. It's like the NBA lottery, like mm-hmm. NBA picks, like everybody trades them so much and trading picks from like 2028 20, right now. It's like doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I don't think you can do that long term, but I have zero issue giving up draft picks for like proven veteran players i will you people overvalue draft picks a lot i think but roster composition with a salary cap you have to get production out of a certain percentage of your roster on either rookie deals priority free agents whatever it is so the more assets you give up the more pressure you have to get a couple you know priority free agents or a couple of those seventh round picks have got to contribute and got to hit so I don't think it could be lost how valuable getting like a Trey Smith and having a guy that you know is going to plug and play starter uh, for four years, even if it's along the offensive line, because we just got done with five years of having an entire offensive line on second contracts. Yeah. Like the roster composition, our salary cap issue with the offensive line was a huge reason that we couldn't do a lot of things because of how much money we hadn't tied up into all those guys. Yeah. And you look at the Rams, they hit on their third round picks their compensatory formula picks and stuff like Ernest Jones was a you know pick 103 was one of the most impactful players in the Super Bowl for that defense you know it, yes Aaron Rodgers and Vaughn Miller were outstanding and were absolutely highlight grabbing Ernest Jones as linebacker was yeah. incredible he played an incredible game and they hit on that dude makes the difference you got to get value out of that on if you are doing this so that's what bj yeah. says your margins. you just put more you put more yeah. pressure on yourselves in other places by giving up those assets um but when you're the chiefs right now and you've got proven commodities you know you're going to be good a couple of key spots uh with veterans makes all the sense in the world 
It does. All right. Kansas boy and a similar question from Jay Witt KC. What is the max you'd be willing to offer for DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett? Or would you pass on both BJ? What is the <laughs> maximum that you would give up for Tyler Lockett right at this very moment? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> this is a, not a good question to spring on me because it'll be ripple into social media forever. Uh, I don't know. What do you? What would you be willing to give up? The number three option on the offense, even I mean, either, either one of those guys. I don't think Travis Kelsey is going to get less targets. With those guys come the way that they use him and the way that um, he's kind of the the third town like are going to Travis Kelsey uh, outside of health. And so, and then Tyreek's skill set is going to require. He's going to get the ball. So mm-hmm. um, that limits. I wouldn't give up a first and a third. Like I know it was kind of going around about DK Metcalf, especially in this draft with receivers. I wouldn't give up two picks knowing you got to pay a guy a ton of money. Now I don't know off the top of my head Tyler Lockett's contract situation, but DK's about to get he paid. would be cheap. He'd be like three million against the cap next year or this year. How long's he it. under contract for? Lockett. Another three years. Yeah. <laughs> he just signed that contract. All right. All right. Well, I I'm gonna text his uncle. <laughs> I'm gonna figure out. Uh no, I in that case, I would give up more because you're not having to give up both. Uh, Correct. Man. man. I know. Give me all See, excited. Uh, the, a late third for Tyler Lockett? Uh, I, I'd contemplate yeah. it. I really would because he's... Uh, third for Tyler Lockett right now? Yeah. Yes. I would. For yeah. under contract for four years and he's not yeah. terribly expensive? Absolutely. He's going to be a deal? He gets more expensive, but you... I, mean, I know you he's not... On if he starts to decline. Yeah. And talking about like the roster composition and building your basketball team of receivers, mm-hmm. he's more similar to McColl and Tyreek in that way. He's not that big physical DK, but giving up a first and a third and twenty million dollars a year to DK Metcalf when you're going to give Tyreek a big deal too. Um, I like the idea of having a set structured contract already in place. So, well, third round pick for Tyler Lockett. Lockett. Yes, Tyler Lockett wins in the underneath and the intermediate still. Like he's not just that, you know, like the the deep guy. So I mean, he's he's still winning underneath. So I I think he fits. Oh, he'll win. I do it. Oh, he'll, he'll win. win. <laughs> he'll be he'll open. Take, but take he's the uncle. perfect. Like, Find out if he's coming to Kansas City right now. He oh, wait, is, no, he would be such a dangerous. Oh. And then he could score touchdowns and wave at Russell Wilson when he's running by. It'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. All right, uh, Moly Salt, BJ, rapid fire here. Don't think too hard about it. Who's going to be the big fl- splash FA signing for Kansas City? Uh, Allen Robinson. Hmm, I like that one. I'm saying Carlton Davis. I, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like That'd be I, good. I would be happy with either one of those if, if they happen. What do you Carlton think? Davis what do you from, think about- Carlton Davis, what are his measurables compared to Charvarius? They're very uh, similar. Aren't they? They uh, they play a very similar style. Boy, you're okay. you're really asking. Carlton Davis, I believe, is a tier three C bat. Charvarius Ward is a tier four. Uh, Charvarius's agilities were just not particularly great. Um, I can. But Carlton Davis is a long arm corner. Correct. Yeah, right? he's got like 32 he's a... and a half, thirty-two and three quarters inch arms. Yep, he's an explosive mm. guy as well. So, uh, and he's. Seven three or you know not seven three sorry six so, one wow. seventy three inches okay yeah <laughs> so seventy three so, yeah. yeah but yeah mm-hmm. he's a big dude he's a big dude big long dude but yeah they both play very very physical he he would fit spags so well 
What do you yeah. what do you think about uh, reported rumblings between Matt Nagy and Allen Robinson not getting along? What do you think about that? I think when you don't have success, people aren't going to get along. Okay. I think uh, that's I, I no, I think that's an awesome answer. I think that's great. Yeah, because I know I, it's really weird. Like, yeah, we got along great. Right. I'm like, you weren't successful. Like, right. no one's going to leave there being like, oh, we're really happy with what we accomplished. Like, no, right. it didn't work out. Uh, but having no net, like, I'm not going to prognosticate how somebody else got along with somebody else. I'd be surprised if Matt and Aggie didn't get along with anybody. <laughs> like, the way that I know, like, I've never. So I'm very happy he and his family and all of them are coming back. It's awesome. That's great. It's a very good thing for Kansas City. J. Will 54. I often look to the chart that shows the value of each draft pick. Does that chart vary a lot from season to season? I expect the number one pick is down a lot more compared to previous years. We use the the Rich Hill chart that typically like factors in every trade that's been made to try and like do valuations and stuff like that. The number one overall pick almost never changes. Now I get what he's saying. Yeah. I get that this draft class is not particularly strong at the top. That may throw a little bit of a wrench into some of the formula going forward, but it'll recalibrate itself in future years here. But as it stands right now, no, they don't, they don't like devalue that pick at all when they're trying to do stuff. So the position might, I could see the position changing something. If you're going to trade up for a defensive end compared to like a, like a franchise quarterback, right? Um, That just has more to do with the position you're trading up for, I guess, than the compensation given. Andy Nagel, even though the Chiefs draft last year was a win, were there any players that were available that you wish Kansas City had picked over the guys that they did pick? I'm gonna say it. No. I mean, now now that we've now that we've been a year removed from this, a lot of the guys that I liked, you know, Terrace Marshall Jr. Mm, That's the one that popped into my head. Yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot of guys that I really liked that I wish the Chiefs would have tried to go out and get to rectify some situations. But the guys that they would be replacing right now, like, Chiefs would still be in bed with Anthony Hitchens. Not that that's a bad thing from an in the room thing, but from a contract thing, as we may see here in free agency, it may be very important that they have Nick Bolton on a rookie deal as their Mike yeah. linebacker right now. And Creed Humphrey is a fringe all pro center. Like those are the two guys. If I was going back to the draft and I was like, man, I wish we would have gone ahead and replaced that guy. Those would have been the two guys that I would have looked at to replace. And I would be pretty much insane to try and replace them right now. So I, no, I I wouldn't actually, even at the time I I may have wanted to. So yeah. anyway, about the same thing, even though they didn't get the guy that you wanted, it was like, all right, we got a great center for the next, we needed one of those. And that's, that's fine. All right, fine. I guess, Brett, you know some shit about some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Chad says, would OJ Howard be a cheap way to upgrade our tight end two spot? BJ, how do you feel about upgrading tight end two? Like, just in general. I don't want, I've thought they were going to upgrade tight end two for the last six drafts. <laughs> like, I've been waiting for it. They just don't spend a lot. I mean, was it, it, it's not a position that they put a lot into, but... um OJ Howard would be an intriguing option. I think he's one of those guys that, from a fantasy fantasy perspective, you always pick him up. It's like I know that name. He's big. He's athletic. They can find a spot for him. He very much fits that kind of number two role. So that's an intriguing option. I hadn't, I guess, it looked into the free agent tight end market just because you have to pay them sure. a little bit uh, compared to what you get in the draft by getting a young guy. But uh, 
OJ Howard would be an intriguing option for sure. He would. Um, and I don't, I feel like I shouldn't say this because Maddie and I, Maddie might be workshopping something here. So if, if he says it after this, it was his idea. Just, just let you know, because we've had conversations about this. I mentioned uh, CJ Uzama, a guy who plays on all three downs for the Bengals. He's probably going to be a little bit of expensive, like nine, 10, 11 million dollars a year. And I know people are going to cringe at that and go, no, we got to pay a receiver. I'm going to cringe at that. Yeah. Well, what if Travis Kelsey is your new X receiver? And so instead of spending on an X receiver, you got Travis Kelsey playing in these ISO looks that he's almost always in. And now you're telling him, hey, buddy, you don't have to block anymore. Uzama's going to handle that. And he's a three down guy that can block and can still get open and still catch passes. Like you're technically running 12 personnel, but it's you more guys are like trying 11. to play 4D chess. You're trying Listen, to figure trying. out what Andy Reid is sitting in California, wherever he's at, uh, at his beach house, coming up with all those. This is how I, this is what they're doing to us. This is why we're struggling. If 12 personnel is that answer and they do something like this. We're going to go back to this and all the stuff that Maddie's doing right now and be like, Maddie, we were talking Maddie. about this in March. Yeah. Um, I've been big proponent of 12 personnel when you have Travis Kelsey because you put a lot on a defensive coordinator to match up in a way that they don't normally have to. It's not a normal, um, especially when you have Tyreek. And if you get like Tyler Lockett for a third round pick, um, <laughs> what do you do if you put Uzama? You get Jarek making art, Clyde, whoever, put a running yeah. back. You go 12 personnel with Uzama and Kelsey, and you've got Tyler Lockett on one side and uh, Tyreek Hill on the other. I mean, basically, you're going to have defenses that go to their nickel or their dime. You know, they're going to go light personnel, and now you've got an attached tight end, and that opens up your run game playbook a lot more, and you get to see more of the power run game. Like we saw against the Bengals that works so damn well in the first half. It just makes sense to me to have a guy like that i'm just saying there's a way around not having to spend a fortune on an x receiver now that being said go ahead and spend that fortune on the x receiver they they, they probably do, it, do that anyway yeah do that anyway do so, both do, <laughs> i love it all right adam harney what kind of haul do you think carolina is going to get for mccaffrey and would you pull the trigger if you were Veach? bj would you sign would you try and go get christian mccaffrey do you think that he makes that much of a measurable difference in Andy Reid's offense versus the other running backs that they have on the roster? I want to say yes so bad. And the reason I'm not is I would be saying the same exact thing that I said when we drafted Clyde and how they would use Clyde in the passing game and the screen game and his lateral agility to make the first guy miss. I would be literally saying, sitting here making the same case. Now, I know Christian McCaffrey's significantly better player. He's one of the best players in the NFL. Um, but I still haven't seen that side of the offense be utilized as much as I thought it was when they brought in Clyde. Uh, now, again, they bring in Christian McCaffrey. I think you're going to see more of that. I think we saw when you have an explosive athlete at that position in Jarek McKinnon. I think we saw what happens in the playoffs. So that intrigues me. Uh, mm -hmm. I'd be really curious what kind of contract that that would look like at this point for a player like McCaffrey or what kind of haul he would get playing that spot as versatile as he is in this kind of market. I'd be curious. It'd be interesting. All right. Uh, let's go ahead. Grayson Jaspers here. 
Are the Chiefs in the same position at safety as they were last year at left tackle? Big shoes to fill with not many day one options. It's Yeah, that's an intriguing thing because, yeah, right now they have Juan Thornhill under contract. Yeah, they got a couple guys that are some future guys, you know, the Devin Key and, you know, a couple other guys that are on the roster that haven't contributed in a major way to this team. Zane Anderson has played special teams, but who knows if he's ready for prime Armani. time. Yeah. Armani is gone. He's gone now as a free agent. So Tyron's oh, yeah. potentially yeah. gone. Dan Sorensen is gone. Like it's one. Like that's the room right now. And so yeah, you look at that a little bit and you go, okay, they definitely need bodies, and they definitely need impact bodies. Like that's where Steve Spagnolo has spent a lot of his capital and gotten the most out of his room. Now, part of that's because it's been Tyron, and Tyron is that dude, but I do think that you look at it a little bit and you say hey are we really going to gamble on a rookie to try and shoulder the load here in a defense that asks so much of its safety it, it's a tough spot to be in for sure you mentioned a name earlier Quandre Diggs would be a mm-hmm. really intriguing name that you've thrown Coming out there because every, yep. mm-hmm. everything that I've ever heard about him as a player is his leadership and his ability and obviously making plays and I just smile because I think you could Brett calls and be like, "Hey, you could catch passes from Russell Wilson, <laughs> or you go against go against your former teammate." And I think that might be intriguing for some of those. I will say players. this: Andre Diggs hates Cover Zero. He's very vocal about it on Twitter. Hates Cover Zero. Uh-oh. Never mind. Some he- off the list. <laughs> Ain't gonna happen. He and Spags would have have some come to Jesus moments there. <laughs> and I love Cover Zero. I just send the house. Just yeah. send the house. Love it. Connor Christofferson, do you buy some of the reports out there that the Chiefs might be quieter during free agency than in years past? It feels <laughs> odd when they have so many holes. BJ, have at it. You buy it. He's got money. We saw how much they had like $49 in cap space, and we saw him spend like $60 million. What do you think he's going to spend when he actually has $60 million? Yeah. Um, no, we talked about it. This is going to be the dynasty make or break defining like not to put too much on it but we're going to look back at this whatever contracts they hand out here if the chiefs are very successful it's because those guys were successful and look at patrick mahomes with multiple super bowl rings if these are not successful and he ends up with one is be aaron Rodgers, russell wilson whatever that is i think it's gonna be large part into this off season these next big contracts they give out need to work they need to hit on these guys and i would say in a similar way in which they hit before and they got it right. They were just a couple of plays short in different times. Like that's part of the game, but they had everything they needed to get there. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. No, they're spending. <laughs> they're spending. The fact that they're quiet right now is actually more of an onus than anything to me because that means that that Brett's not being tied to every single free agent. Usually when, when you hear, oh, they're tied to this guy and this guy and this guy, this guy, tends to be leverage tends to be these sorts of leverage moves and things like that. The fact that they haven't been tied to anybody. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. Brett gets excited too. And then people start talking <laughs> and then yeah. all of a sudden you start hearing all this smoke because he gets excited. So yeah. I'm excited to hear some of the, the smoke. Cause you know, then something's coming. Yeah. It's coming. All right. Trebes. If you could sign just one top tier free agent at any position, who would you pick? Oh, Hey Trebes, I should have included you with that one up there. I think we both answered that before. My bad. Just no, the just that, not that yeah. directly. What's the one position? Yeah. What's the one position? 
If they could only uh, target one, if you give it like a hundred million dollar oh, deal or whatever it is, God. pick one position that you give a pra- like a mega deal to. It's got to be corner. It has to be corner. I think that this is the. I want it to be defensive line. And we're talking outside, so like Tyreek doesn't count. Like, yeah, is assuming Tyreek. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I would. I want it to be defensive line. I just don't think there's the guys that I want to give a hundred million dollars to along the defensive yeah. line as it stands right now. So, make me be in play for J.C. Jackson or Carlton Davis. What would it take to get Josh Allen? Ooh, that would be pricey. Like you're probably given at least a first plus extra picks. It'd be pricey. He's a hell of a player, though. The pass rusher. It's the only I, way you're getting a pass yeah, rusher unless you just is. get lucky at 30. Because mm-hmm. every good pass rusher is gone by 30 in <laughs> every true. draft ever. It's true. Just DRK, did the Bengals defensive rebuild through the mid-tier free agents last year give the Chiefs some ideas about how to go about this offseason? I mean, I, listen, these guys are good at, you know, targeting those sort of sweet spots and all the free agents and stuff like that. The Bengals hit on an exceptional number of their mid-tier free agents. Like, they, yeah. they were well above average there. I think a lot of teams try and play in that mid-tier a lot like try and live there a lot and it does not work out that well. I just think that that was an exceptionally good, you know, kind of take for the mid tier free agents last year. They got it right. They got it right. The big institution's biggest fan This is for BJ. What's your favorite thing about Craig and why is it his beard? (laughs) My favorite thing about you isn't your beard. It's that you're super tall and I hug. It's like hugging up. (laughs) <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do because Craig, when you hug him, he puts like both his arms around top. So I'm like around his waist. So it very much feels like a little kid hugging uh, a parent. <laughs> I love that. That's great. That's wonderful. Steve Gray, which practice squad future signing has the best chance to contribute this year? This one's a good one because, you know, we they had a number of practice squad futures guys, Zane Anderson, Devin Key, um Malik Herring is one of those guys as well. I got um, mine. You got yours? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm gonna say Garrick Dieter. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I want to see Dieter get a shot uh to go in there. He's gonna know the offense, he's gonna know what's going on. He's a good special team player, obviously, is a value in that room um to his teammates and all of that. Like he's a net positive uh to being around the team to be around this long. And guys like that, like nobody's not going to be happy if that dude goes out and catches a touchdown during the regular season. Like I, I want well, to see that. I'm not going to make some big prognostication. Some practice squad player is also going to be an all pro player for us. Like, come on. But yeah. to, for a guy that's bought his time and he's coming back and like great family, get a chance to know him a little bit. Like, be so happy to see that dude yeah. make a play and and score a touchdown. Give him that opportunity. Yeah. He's earned it. I'm going to go get Devin Key. There was an awful lot of hype last training yeah. camp about Devin Key. And then as they started getting into the more of the install, he started to fall back a little bit. And I think you saw him kind of struggle with maybe some of the speed of the game a little bit. Give him another year. They obviously liked what they saw in the film room. They liked what they saw in shorts. Maybe he just needs that to translate a little more. Plus, that safety room's a little light, so he's going to yeah. have a potential shot there. It's the problem of making all-stars out of guys during training camp. It's not fair to the player either. It's true. So we said it about Noah Gray. Everybody's saying it all offseason. It's like, Travis Kelsey ain't coming off the field. No. Not like this. No. And no. 
Yeah. Trev, the Chiefs don't bring back McKinnon, who's a realistic option to replace him. It seems apparent that a change of pace back takes this offense to another level. First of all, they should just bring back McKinnon because apparently he and Patrick are good buddies. Like, <laughs> bring, bring back his buddies. But if you got to bring back his decision, if you get invited to his party, be like, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> like, yeah, you put exactly. in a good word for him. You yeah. put in a good word yeah, for go him. Ahead, go ahead and get me signed. Maybe Chase Edmonds. Uh, he, he's a free agent. Philip Lindsay. Is still kind of kicking around a little bit, guys. Guys with a little bit of juice, but they just bring back Jarek McKinnon. He knows the offense, and woo, he was good hey, at the end of last year. You know, one thing about Philip Lindsay that actually, I'll throw this nugget out right now. What's today's date? March tenth. Philip Lindsay would make a lot of sense because Eric Bieniemy is personally close with Philip Lindsay and his entire family. They know each other from Colorado. You knew each other growing up in Colorado. They're close. Um, so I will make that connection, and some reporter is going to figure that out, and they listen to this podcast. Uh, but if they're going after, if they need a running back in that way, that would make a lot of sense. He's going to be cheap. Like I, th- I think he's going to be cheap. He didn't have the best year was, in the world last year, so maybe he ends I was up in Dearness Johnson. I was going to say Dearness oh, Johnson. Well, yeah, of course you're going to say Dearness Johnson. Dearness Johnson. Get paid. I may or may not have sent a text before <laughs> to someone <laughs> that makes decisions saying, "Hey, here's a guy." <laughs> Just one. <laughs> I just hope he gets paid. I don't care where. Yeah. Nope, you get, go gets paid. Get oh, an opportunity. One cool thing uh, for anybody who's listening, had a chance. If you haven't gone and watched the documentary uh, that we did uh, on Dearness Johnson, highly recommend that Browns running back. Uh, went to Immokalee High School down in Florida. You know, one of his best friends is also went to Immokalee High School. Who? JC Jackson. Oh, baby. Let's. I'm gonna, call, to I'm gonna call the and be like, "Hey, if JC Jackson's coming to you. You tell us." Yeah. No. Blink, blink twice if you know something. Yeah. <laughs> guess what happens? You tweet that, then you have to know everything all the time. All the so time. That's why yeah. you don't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> Kitty with the coke. Out of these options, this is our last one. This is a good one. Out of these options, which hypothetical clone duo? So you're getting two of these on your team. Would you choose for your team for three seasons? They all stay healthy. The supporting cast is decent. Would you rather have two JJ or TJ Watts, two Trent Williamses, two Debo Samuels, or two Jalen Ramseys? So basically, might be the easiest question. Oh, what? Who is it for you? TJ Watt. Is it TJ Watt? I mean, oh my god, yeah, man, yeah. He just set the sack record. (laughs) It's true. Two best pass rushers in the NFL. Come on, it's true. It's true. I'm. Just be different here. I'm going to Jalen Ramsey's. First of all, Jalen mm-hmm. Ramsey talks shit, and I need lots more shit talkers on my team. So I, I and I, yeah. I like that dude a lot. Second of all, now you can't throw outside the numbers. You are playing single high safety all game long. You are stacking the box. You are going to blitz like crazy, and you're not going to have a hot read come open very quickly because you've got dudes on the outside that are winning. So get, give me Is that a Jim. peninsula. Like you aren't going over here. You ain't going over <laughs> like, here. You just shrunk the field to the hashes. Yes. You turn it into like arena football. Yeah, and then like just narrow field. Know, draft, a, draft a bunch of safeties because there's a lot of them in the draft every single year. Just draft safeties and clog up the middle of the field with dudes that want to talk shit and hit like two Debo Samuel. Great player. I don't need two running backs and two Trent Williams. Like, I don't know. It's not that easy to go right to left. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. but so. TJ Watt. Oh man. 
I know I, that that is the answer. That's probably the answer. Even if, before right. you said before you gave me the answers, I was gonna say Aaron Donald. It's <laughs> like oh, give me two Aaron. Well, that's, two, that's give me two cheating. Aaron Donalds. Yeah, yeah, two of the greatest defensive player of all time. Do you want two of those or <laughs> line them up? It's a great question. You could do an entire podcast about like greatest two of anything. Uh, see, um, Kenny, when that happens later on this offseason on the KCSN Podcast Network, <laughs> you know where that came from, buddy. We'll give you credit. <laughs> it's royalties. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's going to do it for 21 questions for this week. Thanks for sitting down, watching, listening, whatever it is. Go sign up if you want to ask some questions of your own. Sign up because you need the draft and free agent coverage that's coming. You just need it. Just yeah. trust me. You need it. So go sign up, gum.co slash KCSN22, and you get the draft guide, six months, and then just you know subscribe. Stay tuned to this. And no. then thank you for all the support. I'm going to plug our Royals coverage because baseball yeah. is back. So right. that is going to be very helpful for all of us to do football content because baseball can get everybody distracted. So a lot of the really annoying conversations won't come until later. It slows a lot yeah. of those down. But uh, one Royal way, Royals Farm Report, Alex Duvall, Josh Kaiser, and Joel Penfield do a phenomenal job. It just got started a few weeks ago with our Royals coverage. And you can go on Apple Podcasts, search KCSN, Kansas City Royals podcast and you can find our entire Royals channel and those guys like I said do a great job both from the Royals farm report uh, they've been doing that for years and then Alex taking over and with that and Joel doing the one Royal way the big league show these guys do a great job and now the baseball's back highly recommend going over and subscribing to their show got a lot of cool stuff planned for those guys as well and get over to ain't no seats for your KU coverage <laughs> they're, they're, they're gonna yeah. be in the they're gonna be in the tournament and be a high seed but march madness is coming up go go get over there and while we're plugging stuff those guys are actually going to be recording live during selection sunday 5 30 at the kingdom bar grill in overland park i'm actually going to be on vacation i will not be there i'm going to take a vacation greg Look finally you. Look i know the whole fam uh we we're need gonna hold one. it down we're gonna hold yeah. it down i'm not so worried about you guys but yeah it, it should be a fun show we had a fun the K the KU show, the Ain't No Seats, had a great show today. Tyshawn Taylor uh, came on as a guest. We were at the College Basketball Experience. Celeste uh, does all the marketing up there. She was awesome uh, setting everything up for us. But uh, those guys, Anthony, Ryan, um, Braden, those guys did a great job uh, with the show. I'm excited for Sunday, for Selection Sunday, and CKU make a little run. K-State guys went live because Bruce Weber news. The Royals guys went live because like baseball's back. It was a big day for KCSN. Big day, big day. So when it, when it eventually devolves into nothing over the next week, you know it's because BJ is on vacation. No, 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 no. Our social guy Scott will be back from vacation, so our ah. social will go going back to looking good. We we're, we'll have an adult in the room. All right, fine. <laughs> All right. Thanks for uh, listening, everybody, and we'll catch you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.